So, you know, if you are uh, one of these people who is worried about the things that could happen to you, like if you're out in the, you know, if you're Afri- African savanna and you're like, like the fattest zebra, the lions are probably looking hardest at you for dinner, right? That's the way this works. It's kind of how it works, too, if you happen to be the type of person who does everything right here in America. You know, you, you, you go through, you work hard, you get some savings, you put it in your home, you try to pay off your debts. If you have a lot of equity in your home, you are the target for the lions in this situation. Uh, and you become the tasty, delicious dinner for cyber criminals. If you are one of those people, you are at the top of the victim list for home title fraud. It's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. And basically, they just forge paperwork that makes it look like you sold your home. Even though you're still living in it, they take advantage. They take out loans against your equity. It's your money. They're taking it. You don't want to have to deal with the legal wranglings to try to unwind this. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars, even if you're somehow successful. Protect your most valuable asset. Register your address to see if you're already a victim of home title fraud. And uh, you're going to get the uh, complete title history of your home, $100 value for free at HomeTitleLock.com. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Uh, some U.S. suspects uh, they're looking at. And so uh, this thing could get kind of ugly for us, I would think. We'll, we'll get into that, tell you what's going on and uh, what's coming up in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Buying a, or selling a home in these times can be very, very, uh, it can be difficult. Especially if you're looking at the market, it's been ridiculous lately. I mean, if you are trying to sell a home, it's a great time to do it. But this could be your big moment in your financial life. If you sell your home and you time this right and you make a lot of money, it can do a lot for your financial future. At the same time, you blow it in a moment like this, it can really hurt you in a serious way. And that means if you're a buyer too, if you're going to look for a home and you overpay for something that maybe is overpriced in this market, who knows? You got to find a real estate agent you can trust that knows the market, that can do the job, that can help you. You know, I did a, I had a real estate uh, transaction recently where I, I was like, well, I guess we got to paint this house and because, you know, it's it's not looking great in the in, indoors and our real estate agent said, in this market, you don't need to paint the house. Let them paint the house. They'll paint the house. You don't, don't worry about it. And it sold, you know, day two. <laughs> it's just one of these situations where the market needs to be understood in full, in full terms by your agent. And you need to have the best agent in your area. Wherever you are, you can find that person at realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You don't have to. (laughs) 
888-727-BECK. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He's back on uh, Monday morning from his vacation. Uh, things are a little uh, iffy right now in Haiti. Uh, it's, uh, they, they're thinking maybe U.S. citizens are involved here? Yeah. Haitian Americans? Really is a crazy story. It is. I mean, you go back to from the beginning, you know, what was it, 1803, uh, Haiti uh, it was a former slave state, gets its independence, and it spent the last 200 years really trying to figure out how to do things on their own uh, with mm-hmm. lots of international interference over that time period. They, I, I guess it was in the, in the 2000s, the things are starting to turn around a little bit. It's starting to go pretty well. They didn't have as many... Uh, they had some actually somewhat normal elections, and then obviously the the earthquake occurs, kills two hundred and fifty thousand people. Think about that on that tiny mm-hmm. island. I think it's eleven million people. Gosh, I didn't remember it was that many. Yeah, uh, th- and that wow. doesn't count the My people gosh. in the aftermath, really, where Jeez. where things are continually bad. I mean, it w- wipes out huge portions of the cities. Uh, the infrastructure's gone. Think about that. The worst disaster in U.S. history, the biggest natural disaster loss of life we've ever had was 6,000 people, I think, in the 6 to 10. They're, they're not sure how many. 6 to 10,000 in the hurricane in Galveston hmm. in the uh, early 1900s. And uh, that was the worst disaster we've ever seen. That's 250,000 people in one event. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at that now because you've told the story before. And it was before because mainly because of what they did in the aftermath. Yeah, where they rebuilt the city. They they uh, lifted the city 17 feet. It's remarkable. In, I, in I, I don't know how you would do that now. Mm. How would you do? Could we do that now? <laughs> I, I don't know if you could lift Galveston 17 feet higher, but they did. They yeah, did back then. It was September 18th, 1900. It was a Category 4 hurricane. But again, they didn't know mm-hmm. it was coming. That right. was a big part yes. of it. There was this before yeah. we had satellite, uh, advanced satellite technology and everything. Uh, 145 mile an hour winds killed one in six residents in the city. Jeez. Destroyed 3,600 homes. Yeah. And killed an estimated 12,000 okay, people. Okay, 12. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but again, Jeez. that's 1,900. Yeah. And it's a hurricane coming out of nowhere, basically. Yeah. We know. This is an earthquake, which obviously does come out of nowhere as well. But in a, in a, in a country with only 11 million people as residents, killed 250,000 people. Jeez. Unthinkable. Yeah. It's so hard to imagine. Obviously, this throws the, the entire country into chaos. Uh, there's power struggles, there's chaotic, you know, um, cr- crime outbreaks. There's just, you know, the whole, it's not a functioning state in Haiti after this. Mm-hmm. So eventually this guy who was killed the other day gets uh, into power. It's a, it's a disputed election. I think 18% of voters come out to vote in it. Very, very small amount. He wins the entire election with 600,000 votes. So it's a very small amount. Mm-hmm. It's it's disputed. They eventually come to some sort of agreement where he's provisionally put in as president, but there's like a provisional alternate for a year. And then he, in his mind, he starts his term. Okay. It's a five-year term there. So he gets through four years and everyone says, okay, see you later. And he's like, no, I have a five-year term. And they said, well, what about that first year? 
So there's this disagreement. I mean, think about a country operating this way. There's a disagreement as to whether mm-hmm. the president's term is over or not. He says no, shockingly. <laughs> this is, tends to be how this happens. The people are like, uh, you need to leave. And he says, I'm not leaving. The election, it's not time for the election yet. We have situations where um, they've hollowed out to the government. So there's only something like 11 representatives currently serving in the government, uh, <laughs> nationally elected, because wow. many of them have been you know, thrown out with corruption reasons and and. They, the government was dissolved, but not reformulated at one point. I mean, it's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Another thing is uh, the president had dismissed multiple Supreme Court justices. And then the chief justice of the Supreme Court died of COVID. Mm. So think about the chaos in this in this situation. Yeah, and the, it seems to me the Supreme Court justice was supposed to be the next in line. Is right? that right? You might yeah. be right on that. He's next in line for president. Because now they're kind of like the succession plan is like, well, uh, yeah, it's up in I the air now because he people, died. And there's two people going for it, essentially. Yeah. So that's all happening uh, after this assassination. And the assassination is in and of itself a, a, a scary and fascinating story. They're at their house. The house is well guarded with security. And as you'd expect the president's home to be in a, in a country in the middle of the situation I just described. And apparently they think about 50 people roll up in tactical formations. They come in with lines of vehicles and also uh, people on foot. They come into the complex. They announce themselves as DEA agents, US DEA agents. And the way it was described was basically like the DEA is in haiti often because they're fighting the drug trade so Mm -hmm. they're very familiar people uh there and have a decent amount of pull they come in and they say we're dea like people generally speaking honor that and apparently they came in said they were dea they were not dea at least that's certainly the official story i mean i don't think there's any i don't think there's anybody who really believes the u.s government was the was trying to assassinate this guy in this way but they came in, they said they were DEA, they were speaking English and Spanish, uh, were able to go past all of the security, get into the home, go up to the room where the president and his wife were sleeping. His daughter and his son or, and his son were there as well. They hid, thankfully. The, they uh, executed the president of Haiti, shot him a bunch of times. I don't know what the total number was. I know one of them was in the eye. I mean, they really, there's rumors, at least in Haitian media, that they tortured the guy before they killed him. They also shot the wife, who is still alive, I believe, in critical condition, but may make it. Uh, then they left, and they walked out of the facility and never had a, a shot fired by the security of the president. So we, you know, it's unclear at this point, you know, there's speculation, was the security involved? You know, did they know this was going to happen and step aside and allow it to happen? Did they get disarmed by the DEA at the beginning and they were able to kind of walk walk out of there? Was, uh, you know, were, did they believe that there was an official action and had no idea the president was even killed? We don't even know at this point the truth there. And we probably won't know for some time. But 
you wonder about how now you might say, okay, Haiti, it's this country. It's not even a functioning state. Should I care about this story other than just the normal human cost that, you know, of course you'd care about. Uh, what's interesting about it is if you think about how this would be framed, if it happened, let's say here, right? Like again, I understand that Haiti and America are much different places, but someone comes in and kills a big leader in our government and we, they announce themselves as Mexican agents and they're saying they're Mexican, you know, drug enforcement. They, they, can you imagine how we react to that as it's, as it is, a lot of people will just believe, right? It was the DEA. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will believe the U.S. was involved. We now, at least we're, the reports are that there were two American citizens involved in the assassination uh, one of the one they've announced the name was from from Florida, though of Haitian descent, had interests in ha- in Haiti, but an American citizen. How do how do the Haitian people react to this, and do they blame America? And if they do, do we have another Cuba on our hands? Do we have another island off the coast, uh, relatively close to our country, that goes completely the opposite way? And becomes an anti-American, you know, global influence of some sort. There's certainly plenty of countries around the world, China, Russia, among them, that would love to influence them in that way. And you can bet that they are. You can bet that that chaos is being at least attempted to be manipulated yeah. by foreign influence at this time to put another uh, strong oppositional force in our hemisphere. And do we still have the Monroe Doctrine where we don't allow that to go on mm. in our hemisphere? Is that still a thing? Seems like it. I mean, we sort of enforce that and sort of don't. Mm-hmm. It seems like sort of selectively because, I, you know, in Nicaragua, I think they've kind of been communists for a while, right? Any specific or, location in Nicaragua? Like Manawa, Nicaragua. Oh, okay, yeah. I think in Manawa, Nicaragua. They are uh, fairly uh, communist there. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Noriega, who's been there for what? A zillion years. Uh, 713 years, I we, think. We don't have Jeffy in the studio right now, but of course he fought in the Battle of the Island of Spice. Right. In Grenada. Right. Uh, which was uh, mm-hmm. was a situation. That's something we couldn't allow right there. Couldn't allow. And then there mm-hmm. was, uh, of course, obviously Cuba being a big, a big situation, <laughs> which is still ongoing. I mean, we've opened up relations with them and then... You know, it's changed, gone back and forth several mm-hmm. times uh, since. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is they're still there, still still chugging along mm. in our, you know, and, you know, communists specifically, you may not see, but you may see an anti-American regime pop up there uh, in, in a big way. And it's mm. still pretty close. Yeah. Uh, again, you don't necessarily fear what, the 700 miles. You don't fear the might of the Haitian military per <laughs> no, se. No, but still. But when you have influence from a China or from a Venezuela or from a Russia or from somewhere else, that's what you worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. We were talking about uh, the biggest disaster in American history, uh, and. In, during the course of that, Stu has stumbled onto the, uh, is it the top 12 disasters in U.S. history? Yeah, they, they say the worst disasters in U.S. history that left the nation in peril. This is oh. from Everglades University. I don't know, just where I have <laughs> Everglades, to stumble. man, that's where I get all my information. Well, the reason don't why you? I bring it up is because now every list, this is why they make listicles. Because everyone you read, you have to argue about. And yeah. like, well, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But let me give it to you real quick here, Pat. Number 12, they have the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. 
What? Like 11 people died there. Yeah, I mean, that I mean that's bad. That's and bad, but that's that's three, the 12th biggest? Yeah, oil and gas leaked uh, for 87 days. Three million barrels were leaked into the Gulf. There was some damage on the coast, for sure, mm-hmm. at the time. But generally yeah. speaking, I mean... Remember it, that oil, oil spill that kind of drifted out to sea, and they were, they were showing you know airborne shots of mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and what are we going to do with this and then they went out to look at it again and it was gone and they're like wait what what happened to it well yeah the earth took care of it the earth is the a ocean took care of pretty it. amazing place, it is isn't it it is uh number 11 is hurricane harvey now that's a big one hurricane yeah, harvey second costliest hurricane to affect the u.s mainland since 1900 category four storm 125 billion dollars in damage uh, the mm. rainiest Atlantic hurricane ever to be measured and really just, I mean, flooded Houston to a degree that, you know, uh, was yeah. absolutely incredible. Terrible. And still they're, they're still dealing with some of the ramifications of that. Number 10, Hurricane Katrina. I would think Katrina would be higher on this list. Mm-hmm. Katrina comes in at number 10, 1,833 people died, $80 billion wow. of damage. Uh, I mean, 2005, uh, that storm that, you know, really, obviously, we all remember that one. Number nine, the Peshtigo Fire. Peshtigo Fire. Yeah. October 8th, 1871. Oh, okay. That's why I don't Today remember. probably would have been controllable, but back yeah. then it spread to 1,875 square miles, killed 1,500 people. What? Yeah. Wow. One of the worst disasters in U.S. history. Number nine. That I can't remember ever hearing about. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, like the 1800s. The Tigo fire? Yeah. Could anybody tell you what that is? I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, I knew it, obviously. I told oh, you the date and everything. Right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Number eight, the Johnstown flood, which is one memorialized uh, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, this was 1889, killed 2,209 wow. people. A dam uh, sent 20 million gallons of water into the Mississippi River, creating a wave 70 feet high that traveled 14 miles what? Destroying everything and everyone in its path, according to this <laughs> listicle. Uh, number seven, the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Now, again, I put the Katrina Exxon ahead Valdez. of Exxon Valdez. Oh, yeah. Right? Come on. I mean, it was one of the worst. Well, we lose some birds on that? Is that why? Many birds. We didn't Many have birds. enough uh, dove uh, liquid soap to wash the birds off. There was with, a dove shortage. Yeah, at there time. was a dove shortage and we we couldn't wash all the birds. And so, so coincidence it's named after a bird. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 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 one of those things they huh. don't talk about, Pat. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> 1989 that was, of course, oil spread over 1300 miles, 10 million gallons of oil into the Pacific Ocean, and there was a lot of environmental damage, of course, sure. associated with that, but, but I would again, not put what happened to the oil? Where'd the oil go? I I well, it, people drank it. <laughs> people drank it Pat. did they go in out and Flint, drink it? michigan that's how that happened oh wow yep that's how that happened well, i hate they, when that happens this is interesting ahead of hurricane katrina mm-hmm. they have hurricane maria hit puerto rico of course in december uh, september 2017 killed 2975 people officials believe wow. it was much much higher Not in though. the u.s though. no this is puerto rico yeah official death count was previously 64 uh, the storm cost $90 billion in Puerto Rico and $1.6 billion across the Caribbean. I mean, that was really bad. And, and I, you know, that was one of those things where these are U.S. citizens, by the way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was that was very damaging. Uh, San Francisco earthquake, number five disaster. Um, it was April 18th, 1906. 3,400 people died. 80% of the city destroyed. 3,400. Wow. Can you imagine if 80% mm. of San Francisco was destroyed today? How many people would die? Oof. Uh, these, these events can really, in magnitude, 
ramp up pretty quickly. Number four, Galveston, Texas hurricane. We just discussed that. 3,600 homes destroyed, 12,000 people killed. Hurricane in 1900. Biggest loss of life. They have number three, COVID-19. Now, of course, COVID-19 has a much higher death toll than anything else on this list. Kind of a weird thing to insert in the middle of this. I don't know why you'd put that on the list. And it's not number one with 600,000 plus dead. Bizarre. They have number two, Hmm. September 11th, 2001. Again, like this is not a natural disaster, but 2,973 victims killed. uh, And we all remember that day. And then they have number one, the most famous disaster uh, and worst disaster in U.S. history that left the nation in peril. So I guess you're talking about what the repercussions are, what the feeling of the country is, mm-hmm. what changes afterward. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could count this one as number one, Pearl Harbor. Uh, wow, 2,403 yeah. Americans uh, killed. However, obviously World War II kicks into high gear after that and we get involved in it in a big way. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. if you're looking at it from just the impact of the event, uh, Pearl Harbor 1, September 11th, two. COVID-3, Galveston, Hur- Hurricane 4, San Francisco, Earthquake 5. I mean, it depends on, again, you're mm. you're thinking death tolls, you're making a totally different list. Yeah. Uh, if you're thinking natural disasters, you got a different list on there. But Pearl Harbor arguably was the most impactful day in the, in the history of the United States. I mean, I think you could make that argument. I, yeah, you could. How many people died in the Chicago fire? I wonder. They, they didn't even list that, right? Wow. That's not even the top. Below the deep water top oil top spill? I, 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 you yeah. got to put Chicago fire ahead of that. I'm calling Everglades University Call right him. after this. Yeah, get him, on the, get him on the horn right now. Change your listicle. Yeah. We're, we're a little offended by your listicle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's modern society today. The anger and the outrage is building <laughs> over this listicle at this small college. <laughs> Uh, we're just about to start going downtown we're heading downtown to start looting right now and that's what we're doing that's how pissed off we are (laughs) this is the Glenn Beck program it's Pat and Stu on the Glenn Beck program he'll be back on Monday you can check out my show Pat Gray Unleashed right before this one 7 to 9 Eastern Anytime on uh, the podcast you love. While you listen to the podcast, you could also get yourself some cookies from a Kexi cookie and uh, try the new butterbeer flavor. It's I can vouch really that it's good. delicious. It is delicious. Really, really good. They're all great, but that yeah. one is particularly like I've, I've never like had it. that flavor before. It's kind of a butterscotchy it's type new. of thing. It's very good. Yeah. Very good, Pat. Good job. So, yeah, nice work. I know you. you did all the oh, came up gosh. with all the recipes. You researched and uh, poured over recipes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you make Baked all the cookies yourself. Hours. Right? Yeah. In a hollow tree. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a terrible so, place to bake things. I know. It's so dry right now. <laughs> I'm just a little nervous at fire season. Yeah. Really, yeah. really dangerous. Uh, by the way, uh, as we kind of get past the July 4th holiday, Glenn Beck will be coming back next week mm-hmm. on Monday. Uh, we're all sort of inching into summer a little bit. Maybe the first time you're thinking about that. And I think it's important to ask yourself a question. Do you believe that Nancy Pelosi sucks? <laughs> And if the answer you, is yes for me, really, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes. Well, for if me. you do, you need a Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. We just got some mm, new ones in mm-hmm. available once again at Nancy Pelosi sucks Check them out there. You definitely need one of these in your life. Nancy Pelosi sucks They're handsome pens, too. They are. Thank you very much. Yeah, me. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, let me uh, there's a there's a new fitness test going on. And there's a mm-hmm. there's an idea. I don't know if you know this. There's no difference between men and women. 
There's yeah, no, right. no difference at no all. No discernible the same thing. physical difference. No. They're almost exactly the same. In fact, that's why it's so easy to switch genders. Because yeah. they're basically the same the thing. Same. Mm-hmm. So when we <laughs> open up our world to this new woke environment mm-hmm. where we recognize that there's no differences between the genders whatsoever you can't even tell which one is which how could you know no one could know mm-hmm. so this has now been sort of implemented or is being implemented in the military where they said you know what we don't need a different physical fitness test for men and women after all they're the same so they're getting rid of the gendered fitness test for military members and I think you could argue that's actually a pretty good idea. Like, mm-hmm. If you can't pass the fitness test, you probably shouldn't be. Yeah, there should just these... be one fitness test right. for everybody getting into the military. So uh, in, I, in a way, I kind of agree with this policy change. Military.com uh, has a report out talking about the early data, and it's showing some uh, things that are making us a little uncomfortable in our new woke world, Pat. Early data shows nearly half of female soldiers can't pass the test and might face being removed from service once it becomes official next year. The Army is now reconsidering and thinking about a return to gender-specific fitness standards. Oh, my gosh. Now, here are the results, and you tell me if you mm. <laughs> this is shocking to you. 44% of women have failed the fitness test. Only 7% of men have failed the fitness test uh, when it comes to a perfect score 66 female soldiers have a, per- a perfect or 500 out of 600 so a, a very good score um so 66 female soldiers thirty-one thousand nine hundred and seventy-eight male soldiers were able to do the same thing so <laughs> if it's officially uh, adopted the uniform mm. standards would prevent women from advancing through the ranks as readily as men as physical fitness scores are heavily considered in promotions for some reason, according to military.com. I, I can't I'm think stunned. of any reason why you would do that in the military. Can why you think you of that? any? I can't think huh. of why you might need that. That's really weird. You know, these, these laws are completely done. different standards for, for men as women. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so it should be completely different. I think what you should do is you should have two tests, uh, male, male and female, but allow the males to say that they're females if they fail the test for men so they can retroactively just say look yeah how about this judge me on the female standards because i'm identifying as such today right and if you happen to be a very physically fit woman you can identify as a male and get into that test okay i like it we're just (laughs) that's the way you should do it i think uh these some of these things uh, these laws are unfair to women pat Mm -hmm. now i would argue as a military you should not care about any of the woke nonsense that's out there because that's how you get in trouble with a military the only thing you should consider is whether your military is able to defeat other militaries now, yeah, and that's not the case though you listen yeah. have you been listening to the generals under this oh, administration yeah. lately and they, it's amazing it's amazing some of these guys have, were around during trump too and were doing some interesting things behind the scenes yeah and uh, trump was pissed and trump and was pissed about trying that. to put a stop to that however uh we have now another law pat that's unfair to women uh I just love this headline. A nation conceived in liberty confronts its queasiness with the MILF mobile. The now, MILF mobile. You might not know what the MILF mobile is. Hopefully you know what MILFs are just from the point of I really can't explain them on the air other than to say it's sort of like uh, the hot mom. 
a mom who's okay. who, who people think is attractive. I can't mm-hmm. really go into the full acronym, but you can if you don't know it, you feel free to look it up, though I don't necessarily mm. recommend Googling it at work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the MILF mobile is a van in Maine. Okay. A it's uh, driven by a mom who it And is ha- she hot? Has I don't know if she's hot. I okay. don't know if mm-hmm. she is an actual MILF, but I will say she believes she is. So on the back of her van in large letters, it says MILF Mobile. It's a big logo on the back of her van. Now, she also has a license plate and she's fighting for her constitutional right to maintain this license plate. And again, I can't tell you what the license plate says, unfortunately, on the air. What I will say... It's, but, but as you described it to me before, mm-hmm. it, it has something to do with breastages, uh, her snoobage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, it's a T word that has to do with snoobage and you can't, yeah, it's, it's you, one of George Carlin's words. You do mm-hmm. not have the right to put that on your license plate. How dare uh, you? Putin, I'm sorry. There's How no, dare you? there's no constitutional right to put that word on a license plate. Uh, that's she does, does not agree. Quite the opposite. And they're trying to figure out whether a new law <laughs> banning vulgar vanity plates sets the stage for a free speech showdown in Maine. Uh, now, she does not only have the mm. snoobage related mm-hmm. vanity plate and the MILF mobile on the back of her car. She also has <laughs> some other some other stickers, if you'd like me to. Explain some of them, Pat. I think you might. Are like any them. explainable? Kind, kind of. Kind of. One of them is there are kids in this bitch. Honk if one falls out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now this one is a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of funny. A little risque. Uh-huh. Uh, it says if you're going to ride my rear end, mm-hmm. at least pull my hair. And yeah, then another okay. that says, <laughs> so stupid. Wow. Another that says, condoms prevent minivans, which is actually, I think, arguably true. That's probably true. Uh, yeah. So she's fighting for a constitutional wow. right to protect the MILF mobile. And I don't know how you feel about it, Pat. But That's a wild woman right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, good for her. Uh, and we have one other story. Is she here, married? But, what's that? Is she married? I wonder what her husband thinks of the MILF mobile. It's a great question. I I wouldn't Mm. necessarily picture any husband being particularly high on the MILF mobile. No, I wouldn't wouldn't either. No. Maybe Jeffy would be. Uh, (laughs) Other than that, I don't know that I know anyone Uh, who would be high. First of all, (laughs) for who among us (laughs) doesn't have Uh, a MILF mobile? (laughs) Uh, And this is a shocking one, Pat, because I've been looking at some of the crime statistics lately. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing as a trend is interesting and in that it's pretty flat for the last like 15 years, a crime rate. Uh, and then all of a sudden it shoots up dramatically. And you might say, well, was it during COVID? Well, it was during COVID, but specifically it ties directly to the Minneapolis riots. Mm. Shocking to me. I was stunned Sh- by shocking. this information. Yeah. And it stayed really high since the riots. It's come down a tad, but basically has is, is, is stayed really high since this era of, of BLM has, has helped us along so much. Is this the murder rate or is it just violent crime or is it crime in general? Uh, let me in because it was all first of all the murder rate is way up yeah, it's, in it's, this country. What's interesting is the murder rate is way up. Um, this is homicide. Okay. Now homicide yeah. it does so. also include other killings, uh, not necessarily just murders. Homicide includes more than that, but still, 
uh, it is way, way, way up, uh, up by 29%. But somebody's been killed illegally, right? In a homicide? Isn't a homicide? No, actually. It's not? Like, for example, a, a police-justified shooting is technically a homicide. Oh, okay. All however, right. yes, it is not a yeah. murder. And right. It might not be a crime involved in it. Uh, however, murders and those crimes are included in the homicide number. So there can be, you mm. can, it could be a homicide and not a murder. You cannot be a murderer without a homicide. Okay. Okay. So anyway. Uh, somebody's dead, though. Is what we're saying. Somebody's dead. Yes. And the rate, so the right right is, uh, the race is dramatic in right as, right as these things hit, right as these uh, riots hit and stays up very, very high going back to the levels of the late nineties, mm-hmm. which is when it was first coming down from that ugly mm-hmm. era of the eighties and nineties. So we're going back a long way. We've wiped out 25 years of gains against murder. And it was dramatic too, because in the early late eighties, early nineties, <clears throat> for instance, New York city had, I think their one of their biggest years was twenty three hundred murders. Was it twenty? If I'm not mistaken, it was somewhere around twenty three hundred. Well, you know, now or before this latest rise, it was into the three and four hundred area. Yeah, dropping 90 percent in yeah, some areas. Yeah, a lot. And now to have all of that, you know, all all of that progress just kind of eliminated, all wiped out. Pat to protect black lives because they matter so much to these organizations. They care so much about black lives that they're willing to sacrifice some of them <laughs> to raise money for new homes. That's how much they care about black lives. Right. Now remember this. Th- okay. There's also the study that we mm-hmm. talked about where this does not include 2020 where this rise is happening, but between 2014 and 2019, they studied areas that had large BLM protests. And what they found is uh, that they did protect 300 quote unquote homicides of police against uh, against citizens. Now, of course, the overwhelming majority of those would have been justified shootings, but they say, mm-hmm. hey, we mm-hmm. did prevent 300 in, according to the study. At the same time, they did increase the rate of murder among civilians and caused one to six thousand additional murders of civilian versus civilian so you save 300 Mm. police shootings most of which would have been justified against criminals and you get rid of one to six thousand actual citizens who were murdered by other citizens what a win Uh, unbelievable anyway they're now saying law enforcement uh, advocates are explaining there's a mass exodus from police officers and from police forces retirements no um yep a lot you of mean people, this isn't a super fun and fulfilling time for police officers to be yeah it's weird a police officer you'd think this is a great time to be yeah an officer. you would you, you would. get all that wonderful attention everyone's always <laughs> pointing cameras at you and blaming you for racist murders when it's not your fault at all mm-hmm. that's uh, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes we do know there are bad cops but everyone just gets lumped in to the category of bad cops and for some yeah. reason the good cops don't like that Huh. They seem to be leaving in, in kind of picky. They're mm. kind of picky then. Wow. That's what I say about cops. Kind of picky. <laughs> kind of picky. It's gotten to the point where they don't even want to be con, you know, con, confused with uh, douchebags or uh, <laughs> yeah, no, killers. You know? hmm. uh, they don't want to be accused of any of that. That's pretty picky. Tr- uh, 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. Uh, 888 thirty three ninety three. 
No, it's triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Okay, only on the last break did I finally get the number wrong. You did two weeks of two weeks, and and the last on the last so weird. All right, Pat and Stu for Glenn. He's back on Monday. Have you seen the video of Biden yesterday talking about Afghanistan, where he stops again? He's just like stunned for I don't know five to six seconds during his speech. Uh, Check this out. This is uh, Joe Biden talking about Afghanistan yesterday. We went for two reasons. One, to... Hello? Bring Osama bin Laden... Is that amazing? ...to the gates of hell. Okay, uh, pause it. The Uh, word bring? Yeah, to bring... You don't even have that noise. That would be better than what happened. Because you know he's still there at least. Osama bin Laden. I, it's, it's embarrassing. I don't know how. I mean, his brain literally locks up multiple times a day. And it's rough to watch. Not it to, is. Not to mention, we should point out that it he is. is on record saying he basically... He opposed the, it. He opposed it. it. Because it was the toughest decision in 500 years. years. That's right. <laughs> and he advised against it. Advised against taking out the world's most notorious terrorist? Yeah, and now he's taking credit for it. Unbelievable. For two reasons. One, to bring... Barack Obama, uh, no, Osama bin Laden, uh, yes. Carrot Top, uh, somebody, it was someone. Uh, the dial down the middle guy. <laughs> it was Carrot Top. Thank it was, you, Stu. It was Thank Carrot you. Top. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is it's a good sign for world. our country. You know yeah, what, I'm, yeah. I'm optimistic. Yeah, me too. Me too. This is fun, Pat. Thank you yeah. for coming in and no, filling in. My pleasure. Uh, Glenn Beck is back on Monday. Don't forget to check out Pat Gray Unleashed and Stu Does America wherever you get your podcasts or on blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program.